I want to read a quote to you. From Frederick Nietzsche. In reality, hope is the worst of all evils because it prolongs man's torments. Mm, Just sit with that for a minute. Here's a second one by Robert Brault. If you knew that hope and despair were paths to the same destination, which would you choose? Sounds a little bit more comfortable, isn't it? It's an interesting topic. Hope is kind of one of those uh, gossamer words, you know? It's thin and veily, and you can look through it, but it's hard to make it solid and tangible because hope is based in a concept for something that hasn't happened yet. So it's hard to put roots underneath hope, hard to make it really tangible. But that's what we're going to work on doing today. We're going to work on getting our roots wrapped around what hope is and really grabbing onto it and understanding that at Unity... What we do is keep and share hope. And many of you who've been here for a long time have had the same experience with me, the same experience that I've had where people say, I kind of like what you do over there at that church, but you people are so happy. (laughs) Seems like you're always smiling. You know, everything is so light. You're so positive about life. That's hard for some people to take. In today's world, it's difficult sometimes for people to understand a group like us where our concentration is on the positive power of our thought, on the real impact that we can have on the world by how we see into life, by the lens, the positive lens that we choose. And yet, as difficult as it is for some people, it's harder out there for those people, because hope feels unreachable to them, because smiling the way we do feels difficult. And we all have these days. It's not just people out there. It's people in here. We all have those days where hope seems unreachable, where the idea of seeing into something better is difficult, and it's a struggle. So I want to give you some tools this morning. I want to give you some tools for you, and I want to give you some really easy tools you can share out in the world, because with what we're doing here, we we have an accountability place in the world, don't we? We are really blessed to get to be the ones who smile and hold hope. What an amazing job we have. I think we signed up for the right list when we came here. This is a good job. And every good job requires a few tools. So let's talk about what hope is, first of all. Hope is a state of believing something is possible. Would you agree with that? Okay. So if I believe something is possible, if I think it, is that enough? No. What we learn through our principles is that thought is not enough. We have to put action behind it. So we're going to talk about active hope as opposed to stagnant hope. Stagnant hope is is epidemic in our world. Stagnant hope says, I hope things get better. I hope you get well. 
I hope things change for you. We say this to one another all the time. It means nothing. I hope you get over it. it means nothing. It's a misuse of the word. It's what we say because we don't know what else to say. Because we don't really know what to do. So I want you to notice your use of the word hope. And I want you to consider how you activate it. So in order to activate hope, you have to use a particular gift you were given as a child. And it happened when you wanted to go outside, or your parents wanted you to go outside, and they said, go on outside and play. And you said, there's nothing to do. I'm so bored. And your parents said, go outside and use your? Oh, your imagination. Go outside and use your imagination. And with your imagination, you created worlds. I used to lay on the grass and stare at my mother's flower beds and see the fairies underneath the flower beds, right? Underneath the flowers. You created castles. You could make anything out of a cardboard box became a submarine. You could make anything. Castles and dragons and cowboys and Indians and any manner of families, hospitals, whatever interested you, you created it. Because it was all right there in your head. And you made it happen. And then you got a little older. And you said, oh, that guy doesn't like me. Oh, that teacher just hates me. I know she just hates me. I'm never going to get over this. I'm going to be a teenager the rest of my life. (laughs) Nobody cares how I feel anyway. And your family and friends and the people who loved you said, stop that. It's only your imagination. So all of our childhood, that was really sweet. (laughs) Uh, If if you're listening to this afterwards on the recording, there was the sweetest little child voice in there. Um, If you, if you are a child and you cultivate this rich imagination, it's very disappointing to find out that it will mislead you. And so you decide you've been betrayed by yourself. And you put your imagination in a nice, lovely box so you can find it. Because it's a treasure, but you can't use it anymore. So you put it in a pretty box up on the shelf. And you decide you're not going to use it anymore. And without your imagination, hope is almost impossible. It's an empty word. In order to hope into something, you have to pull your imagination off the shelf unwrap it, put it back where it belongs, hit the on button, and use it. You have to imagine into what's possible. What is it that could happen here? And then once you decide what it is that could happen, you have to take one step back from it and say, what is my part in making that happen? What can I do about that possibility? So let's use something really wide. Let's say you are an environmentally conscious individual and you are really struggling with the condition of our world. You don't like how we're taking care of our planet. So you're going to close your eyes and imagine what it would be like if people cared. What it would be like if people did more than think about it but actually went into action. You're going to imagine 
a hundred years from now, that your great-great-grandchildren live in a world that is beautiful, where new programs, new ways of taking care of our waste have been handled, where new forms of energy are available, where there is plenty of nature and it's healthy. The water is healthy, the air is healthy, the food is healthy, the people are healthy. You're going to imagine all of that and then step back and say, a hundred years before that happens, what could I do? What could I do? I could consider how much I buy, how much waste I create, and reduce that. I could recycle more. I could be more conscientious about my voting. I could share what I think are educated opinions with people who, whose ear I have so that they choose to do things with me. Now we have gone from an imagined situation into active hope. Very easy steps, aren't these? These steps have worked in your lifetime and in the last hundred years. I'll just give you a couple of examples. Women today can vote. We have a black president. We have put men on the moon. These are all things that were impossible. And most of us believe that the, the uh, earth orbits the sun. These, we laugh. These are, yeah, well, of course. But these, these ideas did not used to be what they are today. They were things that happened in somebody's imagination. Somebody imagined that the whole universe didn't revolve around us. Thank goodness. <laughs> Somebody imagined that and then did the research to find out if it was true. Someone hoped that they were on the right track. Some woman imagined that who she was was as important as any man and she should be able to vote. And all those imagined mornings where we built rocket ships out of cardboard boxes, somebody thought there was a good idea there. And they imagined getting to the moon and then stepped back and figured out how they were going to do it. This is a powerful tool. This is a powerful tool when you hurt, when your body hurts, and you need to keep yourself in a place that your body can heal when you need to believe that it's possible that you can wake up in the morning and be well. Imagine what that would feel like. Imagine what would happen if you went to the doctor and the doctor said, I don't know how you were healed. It was a miracle. Maybe it was hope. Just imagine what you could do in the world on the days that you feel like you couldn't do anything. If you just use the tools to employ hope. This is big and important stuff. And it changes everything. And it's important to the topic of service. Because sometimes when we're trying to figure out how to be of service, we have to first imagine what we want in the world. We have to first look forward and say, what is it I am imagining is the best possible outcome for my life? And how will I take action on that? 
how will I be of service to that idea? So when we talk here about sacred service, I would like you to go into sacred service not just because we have a need. Oh, Ariana needs room painted. Oh, Michelle needs some bulletins folded. I would like you to think about what is important to you. What is it that you care to give yourself to? Because you have a vision. You are the keeper of hope on some particular thing. Something is yours to do. So think about what it is. Close your eyes right now and ask yourself, what is the greatest possibility I can imagine? Whatever that is, what is yours to do to make it so? What can you do to change what you care about in the world? Maybe you're doing it already. If you are, notice that you're doing it and broaden your vision because we get stuck in our picture. Well, I'm doing this. What is a greater possibility? How much more can you imagine? Because if you're already taking steps, the greater possibility that exists in the consciousness of the God mind is entirely possible. We know that beyond what we think, our actions are important. Gently open your eyes. Everything we do in the way of sacred service matters in the world. We are changing things. We are making things different. And we will have, a hundred years from now, grandchildren who are looking back. Great-grandchildren. Grandnieces and nephews. Children's children's children. Who are looking back at who we are and wondering how we did it. And this is how we're going to do it. We're going to believe we can. And we're going to go out in the world and we're going to tell people when they don't have hope, it's really easy. You can have hope very easily. (coughs) Step one. (coughs) Activate your imagination. Step two. (coughs) Don't step back yet. An active imagination doesn't do you any good unless you use it. Step one, pull out your, your imagination. Step two, use it to see what? The best possible outcome you can create. For whatever your particular subject is, what is the best thing that could happen here? Step three, step back and see what is yours to do to make that happen. These are simple tools. You can remember them. You can teach them to your children. You can teach them to your next-door neighbors. You can teach them to the person that sits in the cubicle next to you. Take this out into the world. This really matters in today's world. This is a conversation you're going to find yourself in. You're going to, I promise you, 
in the next six months interact with someone who feels their circumstance is hopeless. And now you're going to know how to coach them through. This is what we do here. This is why we stay positive. Because we are here to be spiritually mature, a spiritual, spiritually mature influence on the world. We are here to do more than just find the God in ourselves. Finding the God in ourselves is a powerful and rich and amazing gift that has a purpose. And its purpose is outside these doors. And sometimes inside these doors with each other. Its purpose is to help direct the flow of energy and create what is coming for us. An amazing, brilliant, wonderful world where we're healthy and whole and one. Where we really understand that what we think and what we do affects everybody else. Where we truly, truly get what it is to be the living, walking, breathing expression of God. That's what we're here to do, and it's real. It's not just something we talk about. It's really what we're doing. We are keepers of hope, and we're going to spread it like an epidemic. We are so contagious, and we're going to take it out, and we're going to gift it out there. Are you on? I have some quotes for you. I love Shel Silverstein. He, he uh, writes poetry for children. Actually, I should say that different. He writes poetry for the child heart. He says, listen to the mustn'ts, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, the won'ts. Listen to the never-haves, then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. I have no idea what that hum is, do you? Okay, I'm ignoring you. (laughs) Barbara Kingsolver, in her book Animal Dreams, says, The very least you can do in your life, the very least you can do in your life is figure out what you hope for. And the most you can do is live inside that hope. Not admire it from a distance, but live right in it, under its roof. G.K. Chesterton says, exactly at the instant when hope ceases to be reasonable, it begins to be useful. Ernest Holmes said, expectancy speeds progress. Therefore, live in a continual state of expectancy. No matter how much good you are experiencing today, expect greater tomorrow. Expect to meet new friends. Expect to meet new and wonderful experiences. Try this magic of expectancy and you will soon discover a dramatic side to your work which gives full vent to constructive feelings. Christopher Reeves said, Once you hope, anything is possible. And finally, George Isles said, Hope is faith holding its hand out in the dark.